Today's program is brought to you by ETF Guide. Is your investment portfolio helping you or hurting you? Go to PortfolioReportCard.com to find out. And if you get an A, we pay you $100. This is Portfolio Talk with Rhonda Leggy. Coming up on today's show, I do a portfolio report card for PLR in Medley, Florida. They're a married couple in their early 60s, and they asked me to analyze and grade their $863,000 investment portfolio. Does it pass or does it fail? You're going to find out on today's program. Now, before we do that, let me just mention that uh, any portfolios that I analyze and grade on this program that get an A, I pay $100 to that listener Go to PortfolioReportCard.com to take my challenge. Now, before we get into PLR's investment holdings, we're going to dissect them on today's show and give them a final grade of A, B, C, D, or F. Let me pose this question to our audience. How can a person tell the difference between a healthy and unhealthy investment portfolio? Does anybody know the answer to that question? Well, naturally... It's by how well or poorly a portfolio does it addressing crucial areas like taxes, like cost, like diversification and risk, and of course, ultimately performance. Now, here's the problem. Poorly constructed portfolios are usually ignorant about these first four things, uh, taxes, cost, diversification and risk. And that's why. Uh, unsatisfactory performance usually follows. You see, those four things directly impact your ultimate performance. So PLR in Medley, Florida, as I mentioned at the outset, is a vibrant married couple in the early 60s. He is working. She is retired. Now, PLR does have a financial advisor, but recently became concerned about the cost and investment choices within their portfolio. A PLR asked me to analyze and grade their combined portfolios to identify strengths and weaknesses of their $863,309 investment plan. After a brief initial chat, PLR told me that they're still in the accumulation phase of their investment plan and that they intend to hold off on taking any retirement distributions or withdrawals uh, for the time being. They're going to hold off and they're also going to hold off uh, at uh, assessing uh, or accessing Social Security until they reach full retirement age. They told me, quote, we want to protect what we've already accumulated and only pull out 3% out of our portfolio every year beginning in the year 2018, end of quote. So PLR's combined portfolios consist of two traditional IRAs, two Roth IRAs, and a joint taxable account. PLR owns 17 mutual funds and seven ETFs, or also known as exchange traded funds. Now, some of the holdings, and we're going to drill down as to what they are. Some of the holdings, like, I, like I've said, are mutual funds. Others are ETFs. But we're going to break down what the cost of those holdings are and see if PLR's portfolio passes or fails. One last thing I'll mention before we start getting into the grading is PLR told me they expect to receive a very poor portfolio report card grade of D or F. 
So will they be able to beat their own depressed expectations? Kind of shocking, I should say, too, that here is a, a portfolio managed by an advisor. They're paying an advisor a fee, and yet they still think, after paying all those fees, that their portfolio is stinky. Well, let's find out if it is. Let's begin with the first grading category, which is cost. Now, a portfolio with excessive investment cost doesn't need a bad year to underperform because it underperforms pretty much all the time, typically. And this is why it's so important to minimize your investment costs to the greatest degree possible. It's a tantamount exercise, and it means cutting not just your fund expenses, but also cutting your brokerage commissions as well as uh, your other frictional costs that just erode uh, your portfolio's value. Now, the average expense ratio for PLRs, uh, mutual fund holdings, and ETFs, and remember, there's 17 funds and 7 ETFs. When I calculated all this out and averaged it all out, they're paying 91 basis points or 0.91% annually. That's just the raw cost of their annual expense ratios. Now, we need to add another 1% for the annual fee that they're paying to their financial advisor. And when we do that, whoa, we begin to see that their total expenses, because it's fourth grade math, 1 plus 91 basis points or 0.91%. That's 1.91%. We're almost approaching 2% annually in expenses. That's way, way, way too much to be paying on an $863,000 account uh, or any account, period. Now, PLR does own, I'm glad to see, a few low-cost index ETFs like ticker symbol BND as well as XLV and XLB. Those two latter tickers, XLV and XLB, are sector ETFs. And then IWV, which is a iShares uh, large cap growth fund. So PLR does own some low-cost index ETFs. That's good. But unfortunately, the bulk of their money is still invested in higher-cost funds. And some of these higher-cost funds are things like ticker symbol AQ. Um, AQMIX, that's the AQR Managed Future Strategy Fund. They also own a, a Eaton Vance uh, Floating Rate Fund, ticker symbol EABOX, which also has very high expenses for a bond fund. They also own a ticker symbol JHAIX, which is a John Hancock uh, fund that invests in multiple asset classes. They also own a the Osterweiss Strategic Income Fund, ticker symbol OSTIX, another fund. This is a bond fund with very high expense ratio. So these are just some of their holdings. G- GLBIX is another fund they own. That's the Guggenheim Macro Opportunities Fund, institutional shares. Barron Growth Fund is another holding within their portfolio, BGRFX. So these are some of the holdings that make up the bulk of their portfolio. And again, they are very high or or expensive funds to be owning. And that that certainly needs to be addressed. Let's look at the next grading category, which is diversification. What is authentic diversification? Does anybody know? Well, it's all about really exposure to all the major asset classes, which include 
stocks, bonds, commodities, real estate, and cash. Those are the five biggies. Now, you can subdivide stocks and bonds into two additional areas, domestic and international, right? Domestic stocks, international stocks, same thing for bonds, domestic and international. So these are the five major asset classes that all diversified portfolios have exposure to. Now, PLRs combined IRAs and taxable account, I am pleased to report, does have exposure to U.S. and foreign stocks. They do have exposure to bonds and cash. That is outstanding. Very well done. However, the combined portfolios still miss major asset classes, including global real estate, international uh, bonds, and commodities. Also, some of the multi-asset class funds that uh, PLR owns, like ticker symbol JHAIX and MASFX, uh, these kinds of funds uh, hold a mix of stocks along with bonds and cash. And what they do is they complicate the process of precise asset allocation because fund managers can increase or decrease their market exposure to whatever asset classes they want at will. And that makes it difficult to really have precise asset exposure to, to precise asset classes. So I see that as problematic. It unnecessarily complicates their uh, portfolio diversification. Also, I discovered, and this is a real big problem, a real dearth of core fund holdings. Core fund holdings in PLR's portfolio that could rightly be classified as broadly diversified proxies of the asset classes they track. Now, I mentioned they do own ticker symbol BND. That would be something I would consider a core fund holding. That would be an outstanding uh, diversified proxy of bonds. Um, IWV for growth stocks. That would be an okay, an acceptable proxy for that asset class. But aside from those two Uh, ticker symbols, I don't really see any other funds that could be really classified as uh, core holdings that are acceptable proxies of the asset classes they track. So definitely need to make some improvement on diversification. You're listening to Portfolio Talk. I'm Ron DeLegge. We're doing a portfolio report card for PLR in Medley, Florida. They're a married couple in their early 60s. And we're analyzing and grading their $863,000 investment portfolio. We already looked at the cost of the portfolio, which is managed by a financial advisor charging 1% a year, plus they pay another 0.9% annually in expenses. Pretty expensive portfolio, almost 2% annually uh, that they're paying. That's a lot of moolah to be given away. Also on diversification, I think they need to make some improvements for sure. They're missing some major asset classes like global real estate and commodities. And then I don't see enough core uh, core holdings, which what I, what I would uh, classify as diversified proxies of the asset classes they track. So they definitely need to make some improvements there. Next up, we're going to look at uh, risk of this portfolio. We're going to take a look at the tax efficiency and then the performance. And then at the end of the show, I will give them a final portfolio report card of A, B, C, D, or F. Stay with us. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Portfolio Talk with Ron DeLegge. To get your portfolio analyzed and graded, go to PortfolioReportCard.com. 
Welcome back from the break. I'm Ron DeLegge. You're listening to Portfolio Talk. We're doing a report card for PLR in Medley, Florida. They are a married couple in their early 60s, and we're analyzing and grading their $863,000 investment portfolio. So let's take a look at the next grading category, which is risk. The risk character of a portfolio should always be 100% compatible with the risk profile of you, the person. PLR told me that they're neither aggressive nor conservative investors, but somewhere in between, and we would call these types of in-betweens moderate investors. So in other words, they're not overly aggressive. They're not overly conservative. They're somewhere in between. So PLR's IRAs, and there's uh, multiple IRAs. We've got two traditional and two Roth. Now, uh, her IRA, which is valued at, if she's got the bigger IRA, it's valued at $484,910. Now, that IRA holds 68% exposure to stocks, 23% to bonds, and then just over 8% to multi-asset class funds. Now, his IRA, which is smaller its value is $292,176, and his IRA has 52.5% exposure to stocks, 25% to bonds, and then 22.3% to multi-asset class funds. And based upon my analysis and what I see in terms of their asset allocation, this current mix of assets they've got, I would say closely matches a moderate investors in their early 60s so a pretty good job there i mean this is what we want to see uh, portfolios that have not just a risk profile that matches the risk tolerance of the investor but also age appropriate uh, investment mixes now nevertheless a 20 to 40 percent stock market correction would subject this portfolio to around 100 to 200 thousand dollars in potential losses can they handle that type of heat i don't know uh that's a question they've got to answer but it certainly is a risk even with this moderate asset mix but if they're able to stomach that and ride it out then uh, they should be okay also another element of risk that i should not forget to mention i think if i did forget to mention it i'd be deficient would be that the, the bulk of the combined portfolios are invested in what's called actively managed funds. That means these fund managers are trying to outperform uh, the indexes that they're tracking. Well, the problem is that the that first of all, most portfolio managers don't outperform over the long run. That's that's a problem, and and the inability of managers to beat benchmarks, and this is the second problem, adds another dimension of risk to the overall uh, portfolio. So. Certainly, when we add it all up, uh, they can definitely do a better job in minimizing portfolio risk by just having more uh, low-cost index funds that are linked to the market so that they don't have to risk underperformance by uh, portfolio managers. Next up is tax efficiency, and this is a, a grading category that extremely that is extremely crucial and that is often forgotten by most investors because they don't really think about taxes. They're just trying to figure out which are the hottest stocks and funds to own, and so they kind of put taxes on the back burner. But tax efficiency is very important 
because minimizing the negative impact of taxes means that you're going to end up with more money in the long run. And the easiest way to accomplish tax efficiency in your portfolio is, number one, by investing in tax-efficient vehicles. Index ETFs fit the bill. And then also having smart asset location, making sure that inefficient assets from a tax perspective like bonds and real estate or REITs are held in your tax-deferred accounts like your IRA and 401k plans. And then your more tax-efficient assets like your stocks can certainly be held in your taxable uh, accounts. Now, another element of this is avoiding uh, premature retirement plan distributions and avoiding 401k loans. I mean, these are things that can undermine the tax efficiency of your investment plan. Now, in PLR's case, uh, it's good to report that I observed no problems with uh, tax efficiency at all. So well done, PLR, in terms of tax efficiency. Last up is performance. And this is really the bottom line. It's not the only line, but it is the bottom line because it really tells us if, uh, well, one of two things. Either it'll validate your portfolio's design if your performance is good. Conversely, if your performance is bad, it will incriminate your portfolio's design. And it's really how a person's portfolio performs against the blended index benchmark that corresponds to that person's asset mix that reveals the unadulterated truth about performance. Now, PLR's combined portfolios, which are managed by a financial advisor, had a one-year gain of $10,496, or 1.7%. That was from the end of December 2013 to the end of December 2014. So how did that 1.7% gain compare to a blended index benchmark that matches PLR's asset mix? Well, PLR underperformed by 3.5%, which uh, shows really unsatisfactory performance because our index benchmark gained 5.23% versus PLR's gain of 1.7%. Not good on terms of performance. The final portfolio report card grade for PLR is a C. This grade means that PLR's portfolio has meaningful structural weaknesses. The biggest problem areas are subpar performance and minimizing investment costs. Now, in each of these subgraded categories, PLR's portfolio flunked. Now, think about just in terms of cost. This is an $863,000 portfolio, and PLR is paying 2% in annual fees, which is around $17,200 of money out the window annually that's far too much money to be forfeiting every year. Likewise, it's shocking to see that a financial advisor managed portfolio like PLRs is under diversified and misses exposure to major asset classes like real estate and commodities. Whoever this financial advisor is, shame on them. Clearly, this particular advisor is not earning their keep. In summary, I know that if PLR fixes the weaknesses that I identified inside their investment portfolio, they can and will get a better grade in the future. And more importantly, they can put, they can and they will put their investments back on track and reach their goals. How is your investment portfolio doing? Go to PortfolioReportCard.com to find out. Also be sure to follow me on Twitter 
at P-Talk Radio is my Twitter handle. Today's program is brought to you by ETF Guide. Is your investment portfolio helping you or hurting you? Go to PortfolioReportCard.com to find out. And if you get an A, we pay you $100. The views expressed in this broadcast are not necessarily that of our advertisers, sponsors, or broadcast partners. The discussion of investing is general and should not be construed as investment advice or an offer to buy or sell securities. Listeners are responsible for their own investment decisions and results. Before investing, always consult a prospectus for risk, charges, expenses, and other information. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No reproduction or dissemination of Portfolio Talk Radio is permitted without the expressed written consent of its producers.